Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. Today we're going to be discussing breathing mindfulness meditation and helping you to really further develop your meditation practice. Breathing mindfulness meditation is the real foundation of our practice on this path to enlightenment with Gautama Buddha's teachings. Keep in mind that the number one problem that Gautama Buddha discovered is how the mind holds on to things, how it craves, how it longs, how it grasps and holds on. So with breathing mindfulness meditation, what we're doing is we're training the mind to let go, to bring the mind into the present moment and just be rooted in the present moment and not be worried about the past or anxious about the future and just training the mind to let things go. At this point, we are the second week of our group learning program that we have recently restarted. And all the students of the group learning program and anybody who might be watching this out there as we're live streaming and sharing this podcast throughout the world, anybody who's out there who's interested in meditation, who's interested in awakening the mind, you will get benefit from this guided meditation that we're going to be doing today. I would like to be sure that you're aware that you can ask questions. If there's questions that you have about your meditation practice and there's specific things that are coming up, or if you want clarification on anything that I say, feel free to send in a post or speak up in the virtual classroom that we have in order to get some guidance on further developing your meditation practice. So as you get started in, or if you've been on this path for a while, it's really important that you have a solid foundation in meditation. There's primarily two meditations that you need in order to progress on this path. The first one is breathing mindfulness meditation. This one is the foundation, the core meditation that everyone should be practicing in order to train the mind to be in the present moment and eliminate craving. The second meditation is to cultivate loving kindness. Loving kindness meditation is used to cultivate loving kindness in the mind. While Gautama Buddha did discover that craving is the primary problem of the mind, there is really some other problems that he discovered as well, with craving being the predominant problem, or we also call this greed um, or desires, attachments, this mental longing with a strong eagerness. This is the primary problem. However, when Gautama Buddha discusses the problem in the mind, he also talks about what we call the three poisons of greed, hatred, and delusion, or craving, anger, and ignorance. Now this last poison of ignorance, we use this word ignorance or delusion, but in reality, those words are often used in a derogatory sense in today's language. Gautama Buddha used language, I feel, much closer to what we would describe as the unknowing of true reality. Essentially, the mind has this craving, this greed, this holding on, this grasping, this not wanting to let things go, this craving for permanence and not recognizing that things are impermanent in the world. The mind also has this poison of hatred or anger. Out of this poison, we oftentimes create enemies. We put walls around us. We're kind of looking out in fearful ways. 
we are experiencing frustration and irritation, annoyance due to this poison of anger or hatred. And then this third poison of delusion or ignorance or unknowing of true reality, this is the the part of the mind that is unaware of the teachings of Gautama Buddha that we are in fact causing our own problems, that the mind does have this problems of craving and hatred, that we don't understand gamma and the natural law of gamma. There's many things on this path that the mind is unaware of, and that's why we stay in the unenlightened state. So through learning in these Dhamma talks, through learning through books and having teachers and guides helps you to awaken the mind. Essentially what you're doing is creating wisdom, which is the antidote to this third poison of delusion or ignorance or unknowing of true reality. The other poisons also have antidotes. So the poison of greed or craving has the antidote of generosity by sharing, by giving, by helping others with our time, our effort, our money, recognizing the interconnectivity of all beings. And this is the way that we train the mind through the practice of generosity and including using breathing mindfulness meditation is training the mind to reduce and then ultimately eliminate that poison of greed or craving, desire, attachment. Then that second poison of hatred or anger, which manifests into a lot of other versions of that, we use loving kindness meditation to cultivate that in the mind and practice loving kindness in our daily life, which is active goodwill towards all beings without judgment. So by practicing loving kindness meditation, cultivating that in the mind and then practicing it through our daily life, we're actually working to reduce and ultimately eliminate that second poison. By learning and practicing the teachings of Gautama Buddha to acquire wisdom, wisdom is the antidote to that third poison, which is delusion, ignorance, or unknowing of true reality. So today, what we're going to devote time to is learning meditation and making sure that as part of this program, as part of what I share, is helping you to develop a meditation practice that will help you to eliminate the greed or craving. You'll notice this as you progress in your practice, helping you to eliminate the poison of hatred and anger through loving kindness meditation and encouraging you to practice loving kindness in your daily life. And then through the talks that we do on Sunday, through the books and the videos and the podcasts and all the other things that I offer, helping you to awaken the mind and reduce and ultimately eliminate that third poison of ignorance or delusion or unknowing of true reality. So in this program over the next five to six months, you will slowly be working to eliminate these three poisons, mainly by studying the teachings, but also through learning the teachings, practicing the teachings in daily life, which includes meditation. So we are going to study breathing mindfulness meditation today and then leave loving kindness meditation for perhaps another Wednesday, which will be next week, when each Wednesday we are going to be studying meditation, opening up the channels for you guys to ask questions based on your meditation practice. And then on Sundays, doing a talk about the teachings of the Buddha so that you can learn more and more of the teachings going through each chapter of the book, developing a life practice, the path that leads to Nibbana, and allowing you to ask questions as you progress through that program. Breathing mindfulness meditation. Gautama Buddha gave us four different positions to meditate in, seated, lying, standing, and walking. As you meditate, you should find a position that's comfortable for you. Typically, we learn in seated position because it's the easiest one to do. So I'd like you at this point, if you're able, to take a seat, either sit on the floor, sit on a sofa, sit in a chair. If you're in a wheelchair, stay in your wheelchair. Just take a seat, get comfortable, get the lower body kind of comfortable and rooted. Make it so that it just essentially 
there's no pain, there's no aches. If you ever feel any aches or pains during meditation, you should change your position and find another position or just adjust your body so that you can be more comfortable. Because if the mind is just experiencing pain, pain, pain all the time, then it's not able to be trained in the way that it is that we are actually going to be training it. Whenever you feel pain in the lower body or anywhere else in the body, just adjust your body. There's no rewards given. There's no certificates given. There's no prize for sitting through pain. Pain is a way for your body to tell the mind that something's wrong with the physical body. And you should heave that advice from the physical body and adjust it so that you can be more comfortable. But when you take a position for meditation, you do want to be comfortable, but you don't want to be luxurious because by being luxurious, the mind can then turn off and be unattentive or unalert or unaware. We want it to be alert, attentive, and aware during meditation so that we can train it. So when you take a position, whatever that is, either seated, standing, or lying, We won't do walking today, but either seated, standing, or lying. Be sure that the body's comfortable, but not luxurious. Typically, if you're going to cross your legs, they should be crossed, but not real, real tight to allow the circulation to flow through the lower legs. And if you are sitting on the floor or sitting cross-legged, you may find it helpful to put some kind of cushion or supporting device underneath your rear end to get your rear up higher to release the pressure off of your hips and your knees. This will allow the lower body to be more comfortable. The upper body should also be comfortable. It shouldn't be slouched and very relaxed, and it shouldn't be real rigid and upright and erect. It should actually be just in the middle where you're using your body's muscles in order to support the upper body. And then the hands and the arms, the hands have a lot of different options here. You can place the right hand over the left with the thumbs together and then just placing those into your lap. But there's other options as well. You could place your hands on your lap. You could place them on your knees. If you're sitting in a chair, you could put them on the armrest. This practice isn't about everybody performing meditation in exactly the same way. That would be permanence. What I do as a teacher is I help you to find positions that are comfortable for you and everybody's body is a little bit different. So it's important that you find a position that's comfortable for you. So I would suggest taking a seated position either on the floor, on a sofa, in a chair, somewhere where the lower body can be comfortable but not luxurious. Then your upper body should be in the middle, not slouched and not real rigid. And then place your hands and arms in your lap so that the muscles don't need to be active in order to support your hands and the arms. Essentially, going into meditation, your body shouldn't even be using really any muscle at all other than to support your upper body. This is going to allow the body to rest so that we can get to the mind because the mind is the boss. And in order to get to the boss, we have to go through the employee The employee is the body. So by making the body comfortable, i.e. making the employee comfortable, then we can get to the boss, which is the mind. Now what I'd like you to do is just close your eyes and breathe in through the nose and out through the nose. Just take some nice natural breaths in and out. Just breathe in and out. As you're breathing in and out through the nose, bring the mind to the breath. The breath is the present moment. Fixate the mind on the breath. I'm going to do a little bit of Buddhist chanting in order to kind of ease our minds into meditation. And then after that, I'm going to provide some guidance to help you further your meditation practice. So at this moment, just breathe in through the nose and out through the nose and keep the mind fixed on the breath.
Try to force the breath or control the breath. Just allow the breath to enter in through the nose and out through the nose. As you breathing, fix the mind on the breath, the sound of the air entering the nose and exiting the nose, or the sensation of the air moving over the skin into the nose and out of the nose. The breath is the present moment. By fixing the mind there, the mind can reside peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy when it's fixated on the breath. But because you're still learning and you're still on the path, as you sit here in meditation, the mind is going to have thoughts. That's completely normal until you train the mind further and further. So as the mind wants to take you into the past and experience either painful feelings, pleasant feelings, or feelings that are neither painful nor pleasant, cut those off and bring the mind to the breath. Let them go. There's no need to hold on to the past. The past can't be changed, so let it go. Breathing in and out. If the mind wants to wander into the future, painful feelings, pleasant feelings, or feelings that are neither painful nor pleasant, 
worry, anxiety, just cut it off. Let it go. Bring the mind to the breath, to the present moment. Breathing in and out. As you sit here in meditation, if the mind has various thoughts or ideas or perceptions, just let it go. Cut those thoughts off. Let go of those ideas. Let go of those perceptions. Just train the mind to be in the present moment, unaffected by all the various thoughts that arise. Just let them go. Notice that the more you focus on the breath, the more you're training the mind so that you can have control of the mind. This becomes very beneficial in daily life as certain feelings arise, either frustration or irritation or anger, boredom or loneliness, guilt or shame. As those various things arise throughout your day, if you do enough training, you will train the mind so that you'll be able to control the mind and cut off those feelings bringing the mind to the present moment, to the breath, where it can be peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. Just breathe in through the nose and out through the nose. A nice, natural, consistent breath. You have nowhere to go. You have nothing to do. No one needs you right now. Just sit here and focus on the breath, training the mind to come into the present moment.
And as you come out of meditation, just notice that perhaps the mind is a little bit more calm, a little bit more peaceful, a little bit more content. Notice that even my voice has kind of changed octaves a bit from when I was talking before until now. This is the truth of Gautama Buddha's teachings. When you practice his teachings, you can see that they work. And you should be able to see that for yourself. The more that you practice, the more that you do this regular meditation each day, the more that you'll notice the effects will multiply. Right now, if you're just starting out in your meditation practice, it's like you have an empty bucket. And each time you meditate, it's like putting more and more water into that bucket. And it's allowing the mind to get further and further trained. And the more that you do this, the more benefit that you'll receive in your meditation. It takes time to build up a practice. There's no hurry, there's no rush but you also don't want to be complacent. You want to make sure you dedicate some time each day to a healthy meditation practice, starting with breathing mindfulness meditation. And then as you learn loving kindness meditation, you're going to want to most likely add that in as well. Next Wednesday, we'll do breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation together. But for today, I would like to just open up to see if there's any questions, any comments, anything that I can help you guys with in terms of providing you guidance for your meditation practice. Max has got a question. Thank you, David. 
Yeah, I'd like to ask about how to apply effort during meditation and any general guidance you might have. But uh, I, I just comment that I sometimes find it's it's very helpful to to apply a lot of effort in certain circumstances and to really step back in others. And sometimes I feel that if I if I'm getting distracted, just to you know, say just okay, look, really just just focus on the next three breaths, for example. But commit yourself entirely, even just to one breath. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just that little nudge can seem to to help move my mind in the right direction. And then I'm able to really step back, and it it's almost uh, just just happening from then on in. But I was, I was wondering if you had any further guidance on how to apply effort. Yeah, for meditation, you really just want you just really just want to exist in meditation. You don't really necessarily want to force things you don't want to push it you know Gautama Buddha the the translations that I have use the words cut off your thoughts or cut off the thoughts right and that kind of implies that there's an active process of doing that and and there is you know as the thought comes into the mind if you're experiencing a thought and it arises you need to actively bring the mind to the breath but once you're there, just exist. Don't, you know, don't crave, don't desire, don't want to anything in particular. Just exist. If the mind can exist by yourself, wherever you are, whether it's in a room, in a park, in a jungle, in a forest, at the root of a tree, as, as the Buddha described to meditate, if you can reside there, if the mind can reside there, which is the body, the mind, and the breath, and you can do that repeatedly over multiple sessions, if you ever experience boredom or loneliness or any kind of feelings in your daily life like that, if you can exist just stilling the mind in that present moment, just the body, the mind, and the breath. The mind doesn't need anything else to be content. It doesn't need TV. It doesn't need music playing. It doesn't need a friend talking to you. It doesn't even need your meditation teacher guiding you. It doesn't need some pleasurable sensation on the body, something to please it. It doesn't need any particular food or caffeine. It just doesn't need anything just to realize that the body, the mind, and the breath. There's life. I'm sitting here content, peaceful, and calm. And what you realize is by doing that over repeated sessions, filling up this bucket as I talk about, is that you realize that if you can be content in that situation, you can really be content in any situation. Because... Once you're able to train the mind to be content in that situation, well, when you go to the movie and you're watching a movie out at the movie theater, well, it's almost like, well, I kind of rather be meditating because this is almost too much stimulus. Or, you know, if you're with friends or you're at the mall, you, you can enjoy the time that you're with other people because you've trained the mind so well that you literally don't need nothing at all. And just as the thoughts arise, just cut them off or let them go and bring the mind to the breath. Don't. Uh, sometimes people feel a little bit guilty that they've had a thought, but there's going to be thoughts. As we talked in our Sunday class, there's going to be thoughts. The idea is not to hold on to them. So if, you're, if the thoughts are arising and in relatively short order, you're able to let them go or over time with training, you're able to let them go then you're training the mind to let go of thoughts so that when you're in daily life and you feel frustration arise or you feel boredom or guilt or shame or whatever it is arise, if you've done this training enough, you can control the mind in any situation, be calm, content, and peaceful in any situation. So don't necessarily push the mind to do any one particular thing or another but just train it to let go and bring the mind to the breath 
this is a very healthy exercise and you know nobody has ever counted how many thoughts come to their mind in the unenlightened state during meditation and then they let them go but i would say millions right before someone attains enlightenment there's in the unenlightened state as you're building your practice there's probably millions of thoughts over the course of that time that come to the surface and that you train the mind to let go of and you're doing this so many times it's like picking up a pencil when you were a child you know it took you many many times many years to be able to pick up a pencil and hold it in exactly the right way and hold it still and actually get a really nice handwriting well it's the same thing is that you're not learning to pick up a pencil and hold it you're actually learning to let something go and by by training the mind to let that go even if it takes 30 seconds or two minutes or even 10 minutes what you'll notice is that time will get shorter and shorter and shorter and then eventually you'll be able to just let things go so easily as as things happen and eventually you'll get to the point where anger frustration irritation all these discontent emotions won't even arise uh, if you've trained the mind enough to be able to cut them off but it takes time thank you yeah you're welcome bill do you have a question back there i see you listening in um i i was having a little bit of trouble um letting go of some some of the noise up above me. I don't know if there are some kids that are living up, up, up above. And I was trying to tune out. Um, it sounded like running back and forth. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons I moved to this new building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there we go with expectations, right? Um, you know, that it's supposed to be quieter here. And, you know, I, I thought it would be beneficial for my practice. And actually, it's just, it is part of the practice, right? Yes. Um, the thing is permanent. I'm going to hear motorcycles, um, cars, and um, it's just another thing to train, help try to train my mind to to an yeah the mind's going to even crave that silence right and and want that permanent silence and then when it hears sound that gets displeased and wants to latch on to it this is probably a good time to talk about the the six doorways of discontentedness right so discontentedness is the painful feeling the pleasant feeling the feeling that's neither painful nor pleasant so this is painful feeling sadness anger frustration Uh, irritation, guilt, shame, fears. These things are all very painful. Pleasant feelings like happiness, excitement, elation. These things take the mind in the other direction and the mind is discontent. Neither painful nor pleasant. Something maybe like loneliness or boredom or shyness. It's not painful. It's not pleasant. It's neither painful nor pleasant. Well, these three feelings that the Buddha described we actually experience them through six doorways or six gates, six openings that the mind becomes discontent. And it's essentially the five senses in the mind. So we can see something that's painful. And because we see, like say for example, if somebody was fighting in a physical fight, for most of us that would be painful to see We see it with our eyes, but we experience it in the mind. And then that's where the painful feelings, we get sad, we get angry, we get frustrated. We maybe feel guilty because we didn't help. Who knows, right? So the eyes are are one way to feel painful feelings. It's another way to see pleasure, experience pleasure, right? Like maybe certain clothing, certain cars, certain possessions, maybe pornographic material or a sexual body. These are all pleasurable things that we see. And then neither painful nor pleasant. Maybe our eyes are looking at something. It's just like, eh, just kind of boring, just un- unengageable, you know, just kind of, eh, you know, the mind becomes discontent because it it's displeased. So the eyes seeing things, the nose smelling things, the tongue tasting things, the ears hearing things, 
and then the sensation on the body. These are the five senses. And then the sixth one is the mind. Even if you were able to detach from that sound that you heard, which over time you will be able to, you won't even hear that sound. It'll just happen and you won't even hear it during meditation. But the mind can still have this negative self-talk, right? Or pleasant self-talk and tell, tell us how great we are, how wonderful we are, and build all this pride and ego. So these six doorways are how the mind draws in and creates the discontent mind because we're drawing in through these six doorways. And one of the things that Buddha talked about is protecting these doorways. So when you hear that sound now, it just kind of confirms for you, yep, there's my mind. It wants to go attached to that sound. And yeah, my mind's craving permanence, that permanent silence. It can help you to start to eliminate the doubt about the teachings. If you have any doubt, which is one of the fetters, it can help you to start eliminating doubt and say, yep, there's my mind. It's being discontent, just kind of like what you just did. So these six doorways, we need to protect them and you need to train the mind that it can hear sounds, but it doesn't have to become discontent in any way because it recognizes that that sound is impermanent. Yeah. I had another question. Um, I don't think I've ever tried to meditate at this time of the evening. And so when I wasn't feeling discontent by the noise, um, for people, Prior to that, I was sort of biting up, um, you know, some sleepiness, and I, I wasn't sure if that was because I'm sitting on the couch. Um, like I said, mentioned that I did do some meditation yesterday, and I sat on the floor. Um, I haven't gotten a, a cushion yet, but I just brought in a pillow, and I sat in front of my little meditation stand that I have. And um, I think it was early evening, like around five, between five and six, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, but what I, I suppose, because I am new to this, I'm just going to find the times of day where I, I, I get the most benefit, or is that something I even need to worry about? an attachment in and of itself no that's not an attachment that's trying to seek wisdom of when is the best time to really sit down and meditate what you're going to notice it's not going to be the same all the time right like you wouldn't be able to meditate 8 a.m every morning because you're not going to always be in a place where you can meditate 8 a.m every morning because that's permanence but what you can do early in practice like this is move your meditation around to different times and see which one, which time works best for you. But again, you're gonna notice that that's gonna change over time. So one thing is definitely find at least one time a day and it's gonna change when you can really train the mind and, and really dedicate some training. But the other thing that I'll say about what you just said about getting a little sleepy now that you're meditating tonight for the first time is that's actually one of the benefits of meditating as well, right? Like if you're meditating regularly, what you'll notice is that it will actually help induce sleep as you progress on your path and you will sleep easier more and more. If you think about when we were children, we could fall asleep at the drop of a dime anywhere, you know, in a moving car, on a roller coaster, you know, pretty much anywhere. We could probably fall asleep when we were a kid because we didn't have this attachments. We weren't carrying these heavy attachments and this burden that we carry now. So while I wouldn't suggest that you make a sleepy meditation your regular thing, because you definitely need a meditation somewhere in your day where you're actively training the mind in an attentive way to focus on the breath and become more aware of the mind. But one of the nice things about meditating and about being on this path is that you can actually meditate at night and it will help induce sleep. So if you notice that, that to me is actually a benefit, but just be sure that you're getting in meditation at other times during your day that you're actually able to be attentive 
and train the mind. And if you notice during the day even that you're training the mind and you get kind of sleepy, that's a good time to stand up and do standing meditation, or it's a good time to do walking meditation, or just injure meditation and come back to it in a couple of hours when the mind is more attentive. So you definitely want to carve out that time, find time during your day where you can meditate and train the mind. And then if you're noticing at certain times you are getting sleepy, it's like, hey, that's actually a nice little benefit that you're now going to be able to fall asleep and get it not only get to sleep sooner, but you'll get a much deeper sleep, a much better quality sleep so that you'll awake in the morning more rested. And with a rested mind, you're going to have more mindfulness and you're going to be less likely to to do things that cause unwholesome gamma throughout your day because you've got a really well-rested mind. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Max, do we have any questions coming in over live stream, YouTube or Facebook? Oh, we have a question from Amina Kuzi on Facebook. He's yeah. asking about whether he should um, meditate longer during the day or more often. So it's about whether he should meditate longer or more frequently. Okay. So the amount of time that someone meditates is completely a personal choice. Gautama Buddha meditated three times a day. And what I noticed when I ramped up my schedule three times a day is it absolutely is the best. I mean, perfect, perfect quality meditation for many, many days in a row when I did three days a week. And there are some days where I actually did five or six times meditation a day. And I just really needed those. So if you feeling like you have the energy and you have the time and you want to ramp up your schedule during certain periods of your life to more frequently than just once a day, go for it. There's no harm in that. I would say do at least once a day. And if you can build a regular practice of twice a day, that's going to be really beneficial because in the morning or evening, those are quiet times where you can meditate at least twice a day. But if you want to put in a third, fourth, fifth, however many meditation sessions, go for it. There's no harm in that. And the amount of time that you do is also up to you. Now, when we did this meditation today, I didn't time it and I I never time any meditations that I do, but I'm going to guess that we were really meditating about 10 or 15 minutes, somewhere around there. That's not necessarily typical, but it's not atypical either. I've meditated sometimes for five minutes and my son walks in and he needs to go somewhere. So I just break my meditation and and go. So if you're going to have this bucket of water and the bucket of water is empty, if I can take a a small little scoop or I can take a big scoop, you know, I'll I'll put into the, the bucket whatever I need. If I notice in meditation, like in the past when I was working my way forward on the path, if I notice the period of time where, back to Max's question about applying effort, if I notice where 5, 10, 15 minutes, I just kept trying and trying and trying to get the mind to the breath and it just wasn't coming to the breath, I would just stop the meditation and go do something else. And then a few hours later, I would try to meditate again. Rather than sit in meditation and allow the mind to continually cycle and continue to have all these thoughts and not be able to control the mind because it's just not there at that particular moment, I found it more useful to end the meditation, not encourage the mind to cycle and have all these thoughts in an uncontrollable way and just end it and move on. Even if it was 10 minutes, 15 minutes, all of those kind of things. I don't suggest that people do actually time their meditation because there's no real benefit in timing the meditation because you're not really going to compare the meditation to one person or the other. It's really your opportunity to sit down, develop a peaceful, calm, serene, content mind with joy and and find that single-mindedness. So if you can sit down and meditate, just meditate for as much as you can. And if you notice that after you're in meditation for a period of time, you get to a point where there's stillness and you can hold that for a while, but then you notice that you just can't come back to the stillness, just end the meditation and it's time to end it. I think most people probably go for about a 30 minute meditation is kind of what they go for. But for someone just starting out, that could be too long. So I don't want to kind of arbitrarily give 
a certain amount of time where if I said 30 minutes and someone fell short of that, they might feel guilty and they're not as good at meditation or they might kind of start judging themselves. And then also if somebody goes over 30, there's nothing wrong with that too. So I would just say, just start out with meditation, do meditation, do it for as much time as you feel is appropriate. I know a lot of beginners will maybe just start out with like a five or 10 meditation minute t- meditation daily. And then after they're doing that for a few weeks, they're going to find that the benefits of that start to wane. They're going to notice that, okay, they ramped up their, their meditation practice. The five or 10 minute thing was, was, was great. It was working out for a few weeks, but now they just not seem to be getting the same benefit anymore. It's almost like building up a tolerance to alcohol, but this is something, you know, something good. You kind of, the mind kind of builds up a tolerance to this five or 10 minutes and you need more in order to get more benefit. So allow your meditation practice to evolve. Don't be fixed on any particular amount of time and just allow time for the mind to be trained each day for at least once, hopefully twice as you build up and maybe even more as you get going. And don't be attached to a specific time. I know this is a big question people are always asking me and I never really give a definitive answer because there isn't a definitive answer. Like I mentioned, I've meditated sometimes for five or 10 minutes. It's been outstanding. I've meditated sometimes for 45 minutes or an hour and struggled all the way through. So the amount of time isn't really what's important. What's important is that we dedicate time each day and that we work to get the benefits of peacefulness, calmness, and contentedness during each session. And if we sit down and the mind's really busy, that's beneficial too. We know the mind's busy and it's something we need to work on. So take your time, build up your practice little by little. Don't really have necessarily a pre-described amount of time that you're going for. Just notice that you want to make it longer and longer as you progress in your practice and as frequently as, as possible. Any other questions, Max? No, not from not from us here, and not on Facebook. Uh, I might just add um, a comment there as well to, to, to Amina, which is certainly not about to echo what David said to not chase any particular time, but also not to, to chase any particular outcome or feeling or uh, sensation. And like like David said, if you sit down and you notice the mind is really busy that's what you notice and there's just as much value in that um, as any anything else you know it's really just about doing the noticing bringing the attention back not having any expectation of it going a certain way absolutely i agree with that wholeheartedly want to say thank you so much for joining thank you so much for dedicating time and effort to practice the teachings of Gautama buddha What you're going to notice is that this is the absolute best thing that you could ever do for yourself, for those close to you, and for the entire world. By you training the mind to eliminate discontentness and eliminate the production of unwholesome gamma, you're improving the quality of your mind, improving the quality of your life, but you're also helping others by you not producing unwholesome gamma for the world to deal with. So until next time, Continue your meditation, continue to do this on a daily basis, and I'll see you on our next class on Sunday at 9 o'clock Thai time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Sawadikap. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.